Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And you know what got me started? What made sure my voice got out there? It was Anchor. And why did I choose Anchor to host my podcast? Well, easy. It was free. And they have all these amazing tools built right into the app. So it's really easy to get started and get your voice out there. And the best part, they make sure to distribute your podcast everywhere it needs to go. Like Apple, Google, Spotify, and so much more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to Musings of Modern Muslims with Freeney. Episode 5, Stereotypical. I want to take a moment to give a quick disclaimer here. For anyone who wants their kids to listen to this, just screen it. Make sure it's whatever you find appropriate for your kids. I would say, honest to goodness, this podcast is aimed at anyone who is about 12 plus. So picture this. A teenage girl, no more than 12 years old, wears a hijab, being told she is sinful. Her sin? She wrote a love poem, something fluffy and quite innocent for the boy in her class. Nothing to suggest anything more than that. Fast forward, and this girl is now living her best life, in college, away from her abusive parents, her arms linked with her boyfriend, her hair free-flowing in the wind. The picture of liberation. What absolute nonsense. What's sad is that this is the image that many non-Muslims often get of Muslims. The media has gone out of its way to make sure that Muslims are portrayed in the most odd way. For some reason, except for terrorists, all regular Muslims are shown as one of two extremes. Either they are uber-liberal, totally out there, drinking, gambling, sexing it up, and looking down at other practicing Muslims, or on the other hand, you have these oppressed, depressed, antagonistic Muslims who are searching for a way out. Can you guess which type perpetuates a very wrong image and causes non-Muslims much confusion? There are so many books, movies, TV shows portraying Muslims, specifically Muslim women, as oppressed. Have you ever seen a Muslim woman with a hijab, or even without hijab, in a movie or TV show who doesn't look oppressed or is searching for more? Honestly, the only two times I can think of a positive portrayal is in Spider-Man Far From Home, which is so random, where in his class Euro trip, Peter Parker has a hijabi classmate, played by newcomer Zohar Rahman. She has only one line, unfortunately, but there she is. She doesn't look oppressed. She was in a Euro trip with classmates having a great time and wasn't a damsel in distress either. Another really positive example that I really liked myself, in season one of an anthology series called American Crime, Regina King, who is an award-winning actress and amazing, she portrayed an American black Muslim boss lady trying to get justice for her wrongfully convicted brother. She even won an Emmy for the role, and in the whole series, she had a hijab on. But even if she didn't, she still showed an image of a positive Muslim woman just trying to find justice. But great examples like these are outliers. In the vast majority of media, Muslims are shown as incomplete, that we are not happy in our situations and skins and always looking for a way out because it's perceived that we've been forced into this religion and lifestyle. I know, I know. Boring stories don't sell. Who wants to see a story about a content person, let alone a content Muslim? It's always unhappiness and insecurity that always gets attention or critical acclaim. Why do you think these biases are perpetuated by Hollywood? Simple. It sells. 
and it gets people talking and also solidifies the idea of a white savior, that Muslims need this white savior. Now, before I go further, the white savior bias is not limited to just movies with Muslims. Any diverse group of people represented in movies, be it blacks, Asians, etc., more often than not will have a white person who saves the day or is the major catalyst that causes change for the diverse character. I have absolutely nothing against white people, and I'm not saying that white people have not been allies to many diverse groups, but in Hollywood, they make it seem like if this white person was not involved, then the diverse character would just not go forward. Think about it. Notable films such as Body of Lies, Blood Diamond, Hidden Figures, and Green Book all share two traits. They feature prominent diverse actors, which is great, and they all have a white savior, which is not so great. And you know what? Each diverse community is working tirelessly to combat this bias on many fronts, which brings me to the one that affects me. Earlier last year, I heard about a movie coming out that would be relevant to American Muslim youth, especially girls. It was advertised as a coming-of-age story about a Pakistani-American Muslim girl named Hala. The previews showed Hala as this skateboarding, hijab-clad, poetry-writing, awesome girl, and I was like, great, we need this. So when the movie came out this January, the hubby and I parked ourselves in front of the couch and had mental notebooks ready. We wanted to take some lessons away from this movie that would help raise our kids because from the time when I was younger till now, things have of course drastically changed. At the end, we were collectively scratching our heads. How was this movie any different? Same movie, new packaging. I won't go through the whole movie, but it highlighted the exact bias I mentioned in the beginning of this episode a hijab-clad high schooler who is oppressed by her parents and wants sex. That's literally all she wants. Masturbation and sex, because somehow sex will get her that liberation and freedom that she craves. A couple of scenes really stood out to me. Hala masturbating in a full tub right before Fajr, which are pre-sunrise prayers. Any Fajr-reciting Muslim will tell you, You got no time! You pop out of bed, do quick ablutions, and run to pray so as not to miss it. How does this girl have this much time at 5 a.m.? And this was the first scene. Already an unrealistic start. Another scene that stood out was the one that annoyed me. How at the end, spoiler alert, she is liberated and attending college without hijab. Same old trope, perpetuate again. Oh, and can you guess who she loses her virginity with and who is her gateway to freedom? Yep, her white classmate. Boring. And is her mother oppressed? Check. Is her father living a double life? Check. Same old stuff. To be fair, in fact, I know there are Muslims who definitely experiment and do things that may not be Islamic per se. But that could be anybody really. At one point in life, every single person experiments with something. It may not be something as serious as drugs or sex. It could be simply lying or skydiving or something basic like talking back to parents. The human condition is such that we will experiment and we will test our limits. It is normal. Anything that causes us discomfort, be it mental or physical, is just a way that we learn. We don't like it, especially as a parent. I don't like it, but that's just the way kids will learn. The past few years, society is becoming more and more politically correct, which is both a good thing and a bad thing, but that's a whole other episode. Since we are all becoming more aware, it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we don't facilitate in spreading more misgivings about any type of people, regardless of religion, race, or any defining characteristics. If we can call out people for cultural appropriation and for presenting an incorrect image of any persons, then we should do the same about the unfortunate image given to Muslims by the media. And yes, change has come. 
as we have many more Muslim activists, news and media personalities, and even movie stars that are stepping up and trying to make a change. But like any change, it's slow and will take time. In 2017, a well-known British Muslim actor, Riz Ahmed, spoke at Britain's House of Commons. He delivered an impassioned message about the importance of diversity and representation in the media. This speech inspired what is now known as the Riz Test. So what is the test, other than one that sounds super cool? The test is simple. If the film stars at least one character who is identifiably Muslim by ethnicity, language, or clothing, then is the character, number one, talking about the victim of or the perpetrator of terrorism? Number two, presented as irrationally angry? Number three, presented as superstitious, culturally backwards, or anti-modern? Number four, presented as a threat to a Western way of life? And number five, if the character is male, is he presented as misogynistic? Or if the character is female, is she presented as oppressed by her male counterparts? If the answer for any of the above is yes, then the film fails you might be thinking, well, that's kind of harsh, because then no movie with a Muslim character would pass the test. Well, that is the point. Sure, maybe a balanced Muslim character who is practicing faith and is normal and is a normal functioning member of society sounds boring, but it's the truth. The trope is the same thing as the angry black man, the drug dealing Mexican, the money hungry Jew, and the sneaky Asian. These are all stereotypes, people. Add to this list the oppressed Muslim or the terrorist Muslim, and there you go. We're all in boxes. This has got to stop, and the only way it will is if people speak up and say something about it. And these stereotypes fuel so much hate and misgivings throughout the world, a lot of this misinformation gets passed along by the media and is taken as truth to be used as ammunition to cause harm. It's time for a story. And you know what? I've gotten feedback that people like my stories, and I find it funny, but also I'm honored because these are just things that happened in my life, and I recall them as examples that made me think and still affect me to this day. If you guys enjoy my personal insight, I appreciate it. So about a year post 9-11, I was heading into my college history class and listening to some talk show on the radio. You know the kind you put on, not really to listen to, but just to alleviate the silence. The war in Afghanistan was well underway, and here in the U.S., crimes against Muslims were on the rise. Anyways, on this radio show, they want people to call in and give their opinions about Bush's decision to continue the war. Give their opinions about Bush's decision to go to war. So this woman calls in who is very pro-war and goes on and on about how we need to get troops into Afghanistan to take all the women that were in burqas and liberate them. She said, let's get rid of their burqas and give them bikinis. Woohoo! It was the most god-awful answer anyone could have come up with. Is that what she thought? That anyone in a burqa just wants to rip it off and don a bikini as an act of liberation? They're not wanting freedom, safety, or good health? They want a freaking bikini? Like I said, this was in 2002. And here we are in 2020. 18 years later and still the same stereotypical trope continues. Movies like Hala are not doing any favors to Muslim society. And you may be thinking, Hey Freeni, you are just too sensitive. Well, this is a show about modern Muslims. So I reached out to Samana Sayed a high schooler and an aspiring film student who happens to be a hijabi. Here are her thoughts on Muslims in the media. So as a hijabi and a Muslim who wants to enter the film industry, I do believe that representation, especially in TV shows and movies, are very important, uh, mostly because that is the first step to um, really showing who we are, to the non-Muslims out there. So the best way is through a story. There's a show in 
from Norway. It's called Scam, S-K-A-M. There's a hijabi girl in that show. She's positively portrayed. Um, there's also this TV show recently that got um, a Golden Globe, Rami, featuring Rami Youssef. And that is like the first step to really showing like, hey, Muslims can do entertainment too. Muslims can be a positive influence on society or something like that. But when it comes to pushing stereotypes and pushing a narrative that doesn't highlight every single Muslim in the world, and obviously, like, no two Muslim stories are the same, we need to push a new narrative. We, we shouldn't be stuck on the oppressive hijabi or the white man savior type of trope. Why should we let another race or another group of people win, per, quote unquote win, um, when we should be empowering ourselves. I hope in the future we do get more Muslim representation in the media, uh, if not by Muslims ourselves, but at least, you know, writers who are not Muslim, they can put some thought and re- research into their characters. Um, like, this is this is not a movie or TV show, but um, there is a book series called uh, Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. It's written by Rick Reardon, who is very famous for the Percy Jackson series. He's written a lot of books about different types of mythology. And so in this series, Magnus Chase, um, which is about Norse mythology, there is a Muslim hijabi girl character. Her name is Samira, and she is... And she's Muslim through and through. Like even though her dad is Loki, like she's a dem- she's a uh, Valkyrie. So and her dad is Loki. Her mom is um, Muslim woman. Um, even though she, like even though her dad is a deity, she still keeps her faith. Uh, she wears hijab. Uh, it's very it's very much highlighted throughout the books that she wears a green hijab. She observes Ramadan by fasting, even though she's like fighting in this war. Whatever she prays she prays like throughout the books we there are some scenes where uh the narrator the main character magnus he talks about how she prays like she like stops the mission like guys stop i need to go pray (laughs) like like she's muslim through and through and she's also a badass and she doesn't let her hijab limit her in any way so that's what i love the most about um rick reardon is that he really shows uh, positive representations of people of different ethnicities and religions and genders especially and, you know, and, also, and also genders like with Magnus Chase like this is probably his most progressive series because he's shown so much representation and I'm really happy with how he wrote Samira and I really hope that in the future writers of movies and tv shows they follow his example by really putting a lot of thought in, and a lot of research into her into their characters and uh yeah, that's just my two cents right there. Thank you, Samana, for your viewpoints. And y'all need to check out her current events podcast called No Time Like Now. There is hope. There is an increasing number of Muslims in all walks of life. In the news media, such as Amna Nawaz and Bajat Ali, actors like Riz Ahmed and Maharshala Ali, well-known comedians like Dave Chappelle, Hassan Minhaj, and Rami Youssef, firebrand politicians like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. There are regular practicing Muslims in all walks of life, Sports, music, activism, education, and the list goes on. And you don't know how everyone chooses to practice their faith. Like any religion out there, Islam has certain guidelines. But each person is on a journey of their own. Let them be. So the next time you see a Muslim character in a movie, especially one that fails the risk test, just keep in mind that it's a piece of entertainment.
It's not true. So until we demand change and equal representation for all people, these misinterpretations will continue. And what's my mantra? Always ask. Don't assume. If you see something and have questions and want to find out more, find a Muslim. If you feel comfortable reaching out to me, please reach out. I'll get you answers. You never know what you will learn, but I can guarantee you will be glad you asked. Until next time, take care. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at M3Freeni. That's M3FREENI. Email us at M3Freeni at gmail.com.